Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
or something, or anything she would send. With all the people I know, I'm still a lonely man. You know, it's funny, but I thought I had her in the palm of my hand. Generally, of the 
of the squad and even your own sitting. I mean, we were in camp for the last probably two years, so it definitely, I think, it doesn't have much to do with the work that we've been putting in of late. Like I said, when you go to a big tournament like that, you're competing against seven, eight other teams who also want to do well, and it just comes home to who plays the best cricket on the day, and unfortunately, when we got to our point where we needed to play the good cricket, we just weren't able to do it. Um, the girls been going for a really long time. Um but yeah, I, I don't think it's a lack of fitness. I just think it's a lack of there, there of us performing on the day and being able to execute with the skills that we know that we have. Uh, your coach mentioned the approach of the women's team to batting and and was was slightly critical about it. Do you think that the the batting of the other teams that that did well? Do you think that maybe they've gone up a notch with their approach to batting? in the format and and maybe we are we're lagging a little bit or was it just execution mm, i think over the last couple of years we've just seen when the cricket grow tremendously um and i think it's our job and it's on us now to be able to keep up with that and be able to keep moving forward and it's just a case of us being able to do the work to get into that position um and, you know using our facilities best to be able to understand what's happening in the game right now and I guess keeping up with that level of cricket, like I said, the women's game is growing very fast, a lot faster than the men's game, obviously, because it has a lot more room to grow. And, um, yeah, we just need to be able to keep up with that um, at this time. So, yeah. Having seen the facilities uh, at the World Cup, uh, how would you compare our facilities to, to what you uh, were able to utilize over there? Um. Well, I, I think going to a place like Australia, um, England, you know, a lot bigger countries, it's kind of obvious that these facilities down there will be superior to ours, but at the same time, uh, you know, it's just a case of putting in the work in the facilities that you have. Um, obviously, Australia is going to have hundreds of cricket grounds in one state. Well, we have four or five good ones in a country. Um, so, I mean, at the same time, it's about managing the resources that you have around you and being able to work with them, too. What do you think is the one, the main thing that women's cricket uh, requires? Now, what's the one thing that you'd like to see that you don't actually have right now? That, you know, if, if the if the authorities, Cricket West Indies, were listening to you now, uh, well, what's the one thing you'd want really to make you guys quotation marks better? Uh, I think we need more regional cricket. Um, over the past couple of years, we haven't had much. Um, if we do have, well, when we do have our regional cricket on the year, it usually is about two, three weeks of a tournament. Uh, we try to squeeze a 50 over tournament and a T20 tournament within that two, three weeks per month. And obviously that's not adequate enough for us to be growing as cricketers. Um, it means that there's no system for a lot of younger girls to come through really if we're not playing enough cricket against each other. And I just think that that's probably the one area that we can improve in in order to see some growth within the region. Mm. Do you think the time has come maybe for for mixed cricket? I mean, at, at lower levels, at least, so that the girls can get more practice if, if we can't get a female, lower female leagues in, in each island? Well... I know here in Barbados, we, try, we we have a team that plays in the second division. Um, I'm not sure 
how it happens in Jamaica or Trinidad or any of the other countries. So um, maybe it could be something that CWA looks at, um, influencing the different country boards to get a team into the lower division, um, therefore helping the girls to be able to get to play a bit more cricket uh, competitively. Okay. Well, uh, I want to thank you, Haley. Uh, final words. I'm sure you would want to offer some advice to uh, fellow Barbadians and, uh, by extension, fellow West Indians to try and keep safe. Tell them. Yeah, yeah I think it's just mostly about staying inside, uh, following the protocols, at the same time doing what you know you're supposed to be doing, uh, washing your hands and saying things. At the end of the day, the more, I guess, everyone stays inside the faster the virus would die out. So, yeah, just, just that everyone stay inside um, until we can hear more about what's happening, get the numbers down, and eventually try to knock it out. Well, Haley, I want to thank you very much for coming through, taking some time out of your um, your busy schedule, busy in inverted commas, of course, and, and enjoy the rest of your evening. Okay, thank you. You too. All right, so there you have it.
information in there. But they were Stay tuned. for four. They were eventually able to get to 269, that they won by 24 runs, and then all hell broke loose in the second and third ODIs at Sabina Park in the land of wood and water, and the West Indies losing to Ireland and the cricket tongues across the world are yet again. Now, the English are here. Yes, they are very much here. We hope to be able to talk to some of the big guns tonight as far as that is concerned. And we're going to have Dominic Warren, the marketing uh, director there, to come uh, a call in. And, of course, we want to hear about the pitch. Richard Poffed was going to be telling us about that as well. And we also uh, want, of course, uh, to uh, talk to Roland okay. Butcher, who knows the conditions very well. So, without any further ado, I think we should start uh, with, uh, with the Ireland-West Indies series. And, oh, and, by the way, we haven't seen the releases yet, but... We know that Calvin Hope has been changed. Yes, Calvin Hope is no longer a director at Cricket West Indies. Um, we broke the story here on Voice of Barbados a couple of days ago, and I don't think I've seen a release from uh, the Barbados Cricket Association confirming that. We're going to be talking to him a little bit later on. Of course, our very good friend Stephen Leslie comes to call in, and he's got a couple of tickets to give away. It's all happening on Mason and Guess. But without any further ado, let's go to... Trinidad and Tobago and talk to Niall O'Brien. Yes, he's in Trinidad and Tobago. Of course, he was one of the commentators, uh, a former Ireland player himself. And I would imagine, Niall, as we say hello to you, you must be a very happy man with a victory by Ireland. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, I'm here in Trini. It's absolutely lashing rain. It's like a, it's like a Dublin winter's afternoon. I'm, I'm feeling very much at home. Uh, I feel very happy. Yeah, I was very proud of of my fellow countrymen bouncing back well in Jamaica after a loss in the first game that really did dampen their spirits because they were cruising in that first game as well. But to come back and win the series 2-1 was a magnificent feat and uh, one Ireland uh, can be very proud of. And everyone back home following uh, were very, very happy with What's responsible for the success in your view? I beg, I beg your pardon? What's responsible for the success? I think, I think a number of things, you know, I think it's obvious people who are watching or listening to the game, the, the toss at Sabina Park uh, was very important. You know, you're playing at 9.30 in the morning in the Caribbean. You know, it is, it is juicy. Um, we did have a bit of rain in, in Kingston leading into the series, so I don't think the pitches got as much preparation. Certainly the first and second pitch didn't get as much preparation as the ground staff would like. So Ireland were... You know, whether you're whether you're lucky or not, when you win a toss, it's 50-50. Ireland won three out of three, so that was a distinct advantage from the outset. You've obviously still got to make that make use of that, and I thought Ireland did. I thought the Ireland camaraderie, their team spirit, their cohesion was excellent. Uh, on the flip side, I don't think the West Indies were playing massively as a unit. And then I think, you know, technically, the Ireland batters showed better technique, better resolve, and mm. better discipline uh, than their West Indian counterparts. So when you... When you throw it all into the melting pot, it, you know, in the end, a 2-1 series win was, was very, very rewarding. Indeed, although you, you almost uh, threw it away towards the end. I, I was watching. Uh, you were chasing, what, 212. You were 190 out for, for five. And all of a sudden, you lost a couple of wickets needlessly. You almost threw it away, Niall. Yeah, yeah that was ridiculous batting. It was like, I think on commentary, I said it was like under 11th batting, really. It was, mm. it was, very, it was very careless, and it, it was nearly very costly, even... You know, with three to win, Craig Young flicks one off his leg straight to Roston, Roston Chase. 
who was inside the ring at, at fine leg and the batter Craig Young just took off for a single and Rustin Chase had all three stumps to aim at and missed. And that would have been nine down with three to win. Yeah. So Ireland nearly made an absolute mess of it. But those people that have followed Irish cricket since they kind of came to prominence back in Jamaica in 2007, they know they never do it easy. Ireland never win easy. And I think Ireland and the fans back home, they probably aged a couple of years in that little last half an hour of the chase. Mm-hmm, indeed. Uh, just before we go to Dr. Fogel smiling, who are some of the stand-up players uh, in that wonderful victory for you for Ireland? Well, listen, I think as a, over the series as a whole, you look at the likes of Craig Young. Um, he used to be an opening bowler, but didn't have as much success with the new ball. So he's got a new role. He bowls kind of first change. He was brilliant. You know, I think in the three games he picked up nine wickets. That's a remarkable feat. Um, I think he, he was he was outstanding, bowled a good pace and showed his West Indians West Indian counterparts exactly how to bowl in their own backyard. Uh, aggressive short ball, didn't overdo the short ball, but way too many short balls um, trying to intimidate the Ireland batters. So Craig Young I thought was brilliant. Uh, Andy McBrien was rightly a judged player of the series. Ten wickets. And first game he got hit in the head, had to go off for a concussion. So he came back. You know, showed a lot of metal, showed a lot of character, came back game two, played well. And then in the final game, he picked up four wickets and a 50. So he was outstanding. And then there's a young kid, Harry Texter, who just goes from strength to strength, three half centuries on the spin. He's got seven fifties in his last 10 ODIs, remarkable run of form, you know, all at the age of 22. So, yeah, those three guys are three guys that can be very proud. And they're not really the names you're used to hearing when Ireland win big games. You're used to hearing... You know, the Kevin O'Brien or the Andy Balburney or the Paul Sterling. But it's good for Irish cricket and very important that new players start putting their hands up and winning matches for the country. And that's exactly what happened. Indeed. Dr. Ford. Oh, good night to all the all of our guests and all the listeners. Uh, congratulations to Ireland. It was really a series well played. And I think that Ireland outplayed us in every match. I think they could have easily won the first match and and did very well. What What's the, the mystery of Matt Bryan and those off-breaks? Mm. Well, there's, there's, well, there's no mystery. That's, and that's, that's the really strange thing. You know, it's, he's played against the West Indies before. He's, you know, he's five foot eight. He's not as if he's very tall, getting massive bounce. He's not a huge turner of the ball, although he did get a purchase, a bit of purchase out of the surface. He's got no douche. He's not, you know, he hasn't got flippers or anything kind of in the, in the terms of um, an unusual action. So it's pretty, Basically, straight up and down off spin, but he's very effective, uh, very accurate. Um, he loves the battle, loves the contest. But, you know, I said it on commentary the West Indies batters, they're playing, you know, very old school kind of cricket. They just stand in the crease and they either block or else they try to hit the ball for six or four. And unfortunately, when you're playing international cricket, that doesn't happen very often. Very rarely did we see a West Indies batter come down the pitch, use his feet, knock it to long on, knock it to long off for singles rotate the strike, manipulate the field. Saw very few sweeps when Shamar Brooks did try and sweep one. He was out LBW. So when you're as a batter, if you're going to stand in your crease and wait for a bad ball, this is international cricket. The bad balls don't come very often. So if you're relying on, you know, you look at Karen Pollard, for example, first game, hit the ball out of the park beautifully. Second game gets caught in the rope. And then the third game, he comes out, he doesn't know whether he's going to try and hit the ball for four or six mm-hmm. or block. And in the end, he gets caught at a leg slip, fending or just defending. So, you know, I think that's it's a technical thing. It's a tactical thing. And also, you see with Arla come out the bat, you know, Akilu saying ball well first game. 
Second game, McBride straight down the wicket, hitting them over the top. They're sweeping. They're you know they're getting you know down the pitch and nudging it and, and manipulating the field. And if, although Akil is saying picked up some wickets, he went for about five or six and overs. So um, you know it was just a, it, it's something that West Indies cricket. It's been a, I think it's been a pattern for many many years. They don't play spin very well, and they rely on their brute force. And I think teams are getting more more clever about how to go about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you overcame so many obstacles, uh, ravaged by COVID, not having your best available squad. And, you know, and on every occasion, having the, the West Indians in, in trouble, almost in each case, less than 100 for, for four or, or five. Um, who are the people that you think you really would have liked to have had for this uh, one-day series that you didn't have because of COVID or other reasons? Well, you know, in the end, they win the series, so it doesn't, it doesn't really bother me, actually. But I know what you're saying. Uh, but Paul Sterling missed the first game, and, and he's obviously a, a kind of talismanic uh, figure for Ireland. So he was obviously missed, but he came back and played nicely. Bob Bernie, the captain, he's a wonderful batter, a really good, a really good stroke maker, and, and has an excellent record against the West Indies. So, you know, he, he was obviously missed. But uh, at the mm-hmm. same time, you know, people got the opportunity, and that's what it's all about. And that's what you need in international cricket. You can't just be relying on, you know, 11 players. You need, you almost need 11 players in reserve to be able to step up. Uh, the, probably the one player they missed the most was Timmy Singh. Uh, I'm not sure if, you're, if your listeners know much about Timmy Singh, but he bowls off spin. You know, he, he's, he's from, he's from uh, Mahale in India, but moved to Ireland to go to university, finished university, got a job, and enjoyed, his, enjoyed living in Ireland. He's been there ever since. So he bowls off spin, but he got 100 against South Africa in an ODI back in Dublin in July. So he's a genuine all-rounder. And I think if Ireland had another spinner to accompany Mac Bryan, it would have been doubly difficult for the West Indies. Mm. But um, it's, it's in, a, in a weird way, it's, it's good that Ireland had players missing and they still got over the line. They got the job done. Mm. So that will give the new coach that starts in March, uh, Heinrich Milan, that will give him a lot of confidence knowing there's a bit more maybe strength and depth that he didn't think was, was there before. Nile, how far are we behind in cricket in the world, West Indies? You hinted it earlier. Well, yeah, that was, you know, I said it on air, it was a very, very abject performance. I think it was a very, very ordinary performance. You know, not just mm. not just game game three, uh, game two was poor, and even the game one, when the West Indies won, I don't think they played very well. Um, you know, technically, they look, players there just, you know, don't look up to it in, in, in white ball cricket, mm-hmm. making the same mistakes time and time again. You know, they don't look the fittest team in the world. You know, the fielding is, Fielding was messy, dropped catches. I think mm. West Indies dropped seven catches in the series. Ireland did the same, to be fair. But um, the seven mm. catches in three games, that's not acceptable. You know, they've got high standards. But at the moment, they're, they're a long way off, you know, mm. so, competing. So you would, say Nile, you, you would say, Niall, that the West Indies look poor? Yeah, I thought, I thought the West Indies were very poor. Very um, poor. Mm. And, and, I, I don't, and I don't want to take anything away from Ireland because it was a great win for Ireland. But I thought the West Indies' mm. performance was... Was mm. very, 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 very average, um, and I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm being out of order by saying that. Not at all. Not at all. I think if you ask the play, I think if you ask the players themselves and they look themselves in the mirror, mm. they would accept that. Mm. Yeah, you know, they've got a series <laughs> coming up against against England, and in your in your beautiful ground there in um, in Barbados, T twenty T twenty, they could come out and beat England. You never know. Mm. That's the kind of. I suppose that's one of the frustrations as a West Indian cricket supporter. Right. You never quite know what you're going to get. Certainly in that series, what I watched, and I watched them at the World Cup in the UAE, and they were, you know, 
they were dreadful in the World Cup in the UAE. Yeah. They really were. Oh and Ireland were, dreadful, Ireland were dreadful as well. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm really happy that Ireland have got off to a really positive start in mm-hmm. 2022. Just before Dr. Ford comes back, because I know he's got a question for you, let's, let's, let's go to, uh, we're going to stay in Trinidad and Tobago and talk to Anthony Gray, who um, has not been on this show for quite a long time. You've not been on the show since last year, Anthony. <laughs> How are you, my friend? Anthony Gray, where are you? Are you in Santa Cruz or are you jogging around the Savannah? Anthony? Oh, he's, he's gone room. dark. Oh, he's gone. No, maybe, maybe he's gone. Dark. Oh, he's gone dark. Come on, Anthony. We're, we're waiting for you. Anthony, where are you? All right. Uh, we, we, we don't seem to have him at the moment. Uh, um, but, uh, of course, we will want to, um, to, to talk to him very soon. Johnny Baran has also joined us as well. Uh, Johnny, how are you this evening? Are you in Barbados? All right, no. Um, just before we talk hey, England cricket, um, uh, Johnny, your reaction to the West Indies Ireland series, you must have been disappointed, I would imagine. Pretty well. Um, Doc, are you hearing him well, Doc? No, he's, he's a bit distorted and low. Oh, he's a bit uh, distorted. Exactly. Right, I'm, low. I'm sure he's going to try to, to solve that problem, but uh, while, while, while he does that, um, Anthony, are you with us now? Anthony? No. I wonder where uh, Tony Gray has gone. Uh, maybe he's gone hiding, preparing for carnival. Let, 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 let's go back to you, Niall. We're not going to keep you too much longer. Um, you're here for the under-19 tournament as well, aren't you? Doing some work? Yes, I start, I start in the morning. I've, I've got four games back-to-back here in, uh, in Trinidad, and uh, then I go on to Antigua for the, for the next stage. So, yeah, it's, it's, good to, it's good to be here. It's a lovely tournament, actually. It takes me back to when I played in, in the under-19 World Cup back in 2000 in Sri Lanka. And you make, you make friends and make memories for life. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of talent, I must say. I'm, I watched a couple of games on TV over the last few, few days, and there's some beautiful cricketers coming through all the, all the various nations. Uh, I haven't had a good look at West Indies yet because I'm, mm. I'm obviously in a different island, but uh, hopefully I get to see them in the in the kind of uh, the next stage. Mm. Doc, any any further questions for Niall? Well, Niall, I, I I must pick back up on the fitness um, comment that you made. Not not that you need to mention any names, but tell us about some of the things you observed that that suggested to you that some members of our team aren't fit, the West Indian team? Well, it's, you know, as a, as a professional cricket nowadays, there's no excuse for it, you know. And the targets that, and it's not just West Indies cricket, I'm talking about mm. cricketing, cricketing as a general, the targets you're set as a professional cricketer aren't the most taxing. You know, I've been retired four years or so now, and I'm not, I'm not as fit as I once was, but I'm pretty sure that if... Uh, Cricket Ireland's fitness coach said to me tomorrow, you've got to do this run in this time. Mm. Uh, I'd be able to do it. So, you know, it's a personal pride thing. It comes, and it's fielding. You know, that's, that's where your fitness gets exposed, in the field. And there were numerous, obviously, as I mentioned, drop catches. There was overthrows. And mm. an effigy in, you know, I, I watch warm-ups. That's a big thing for me. When I'm out doing a toss 
I look to see both teams warming up. Right. And I want to see I want to see energy. I want to see enthusiasm. I want to see people throwing themselves around. And you look at Ireland and they're, they're buzzing around, and that's always been the Ireland way, trying to try and outfield the opposition. And I just didn't see that from the West Indies. Um, so I just think, you know, it creeps into all it all it creeps into all facets of your game. Mm-hmm. You know, how many wides did the West Indies bowl on that last day? It must have bowled, I think it was 22 wide. Yep, yep, defending, yep. Can you imagine you're defending, that? Yeah, you're defending 212, I think, and you bowl 22 wide. No. There's 22 runs, and there's 22 extra balls mm-hmm. that Ireland get to hit, get to face. So, you know, and that's, and that's a fitness thing. That comes into it. You know, you're lethargic. It's, it's 36 degrees in Kingston. It's not easy work. So, mm-hmm. you know, you lose your action or you lose your shape or you lose a bit of momentum. So, you know, we've Sherman Hetmeyer, obviously, has been well documented. He's out the side. Um, and, you know, I think all, all the nations, you have to just get to, get to the grips and get, get yourself fit, healthy and strong. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, the West Indies probably aren't, aren't the fittest side in the world. I don't think Ireland actually are the fittest team they could be. I still think there's a bit mm-hmm. of a room for improvement there. And I'm not, I'm not trying to say Ireland are better than West Indies in in any shape, but they were this they were in this series and they were they were comfortably better. Just just before we go to the commercial break, so a lot of work for head coach Simmons uh, to do, I would imagine. And, and and Pollard, do you think Pollard could be under pressure in terms of hold on to his job as captain? Well, yeah, there's there's always pressure, you know, when you're in when you're in a high performance job, and you know, I, I've got a lot of time for Phil Simmons. I think Phil Simmons is a good coach, and he did a great job for Ireland. So mm. you know. Um, good with the Ireland batters, especially you know, like myself and Joyce and Sterling and Porterfield. Mm. Um, but he will, be, of course, he's going to be under pressure when you're when you're losing a home series to anybody. You're going to be under pressure. But when you know Ireland come and beat you in your own backyard, um, certainly. And I think the World Cup is probably there's mm-hmm. still a there's probably still a bit of a hangover from the World Cup performance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess this series, you know, there's going to be fans at Kensington Oval. Yes. They're going to want a response. They're going to want a bit of a you know, a, see a bit of passion. Um, and I'm sure the West Indies will, will give the people of Barbados something to cheer about. But the World Cup 2023, you know, and the T20 World Cup, T20 World Cup's only eight months away, nine months mm. away. Mm. Um, so I'd love to, you know, hopefully see a big turnaround of fortunes so the West Indies can be, you know, have some positive results down in Australia. And then I suppose the 50 over World Cup, West Indies need points to try and get themselves that automatic qualification because. If you think back to the last time West Indies qualified in Zimbabwe for the 29 World, 2019 World Cup, mm-hmm. it was only through a poor decision by the umpire. Yes, um, that's very uh, true. The, that's very, very true, yeah. The Aussie, the Aussie umpire, I can't remember the name escapes me now, Blocker Wilson, Blocker Wilson. He gave, he gave Richie Barrington an LBW off Ashley Nurse, and it was comfortably going down leg side. Mm. That wicket... That wicket put Scotland behind the net run rate when they were kind of cruising. Mm-hmm. And then the rain came and the game got washed out and West Indies snuck through to the World Cup. Can you imagine that? Funny. The great West Indies of the past. Oh, yeah. my golly. Terrible. But, but this is this is the way the, the international game is going. The, the gap is narrowing, you know. Mm. Uh, you see the Netherlands beat Ireland 2-1 in, in Utrecht back in June. Uh, South Africa came to Dublin. Ireland beat South Africa. You know the, the gap is the gap is narrowing. Look today in Palaka, I think it was in Palakele, um, Zimbabwe beat Sri Lanka. Yes, so, yes, yes. There's no such, there's no such thing as an easy game. No. Uh, just before you go though, um, Pollard, we're going to go to that commercial break very shortly. How how do you rate Pollard tactically as a captain? There are some people who feel that he's uh, this this great tactician. I know Tony Gray feels that. But but do you <laughs> think do you think he's good tactically, um, Pollard? Well, it's, I, I think as a captain, you're only as good as the, as the tools at your disposal. Um, mm. 
And if you look at what what Karen Pollard's got, you know, what, what else can he do with, with that lineup? You know, he's got a probably a couple of batters that are you know out of form, like Nicholas Poran looks totally devoid of his of his best rhythm. Um, Shea Hope played well game three, uh, played nicely. You know, you got the like Rostin's not getting any runs. No. Shamar Brooks, Shamar Brooks was a good. That was a good start to his career. I was, I was glad for him because he's a good cricketer. Uh, Justin Graves up front didn't click in three no, games. No, no. Obviously, no, no ever lose. And they got, you know, in in ODI, I think it's very difficult in ODI cricket now to bowl teams out generally mm. because mm. you know bat, teams bat a long way down. But if you've got no wrist spinner playing with a bit of mystery, um, and mm. you just got finger spin, right? Batters, if the batters, if they're patient, mm-hmm. um, wait for a bad ball and rotate the strike and don't play right. carelessly. They're mm. difficult to dislodge. And if you haven't got someone about 90 mile an hour, mm. um, it's also difficult. You've got to be very disciplined. But mm. uh, I, I think Cara Pollard's a good captain. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes you know, you're only as good as you're only as good as the tools you've got in your in mm. your toolbox. And maybe Pollard's a few, he's missing a few players that he would like. Well, well Mr. Brian, I, I want to um, thank you for coming on, on Mason and Guests. It's always a pleasure. We, we, we welcome your commentaries, of course, at the international level. Um, and... Uh, uh, when you when you stay in Trinidad, make sure you meet Tony Gray. He's going to take you down somewhere in Fort of Spain and have some good roti. I know the uh, okay. <laughs> yeah yeah. There, there was a gentleman Tony Gray who called it roti, um, but we know <laughs> yeah we, we know it's roti. I, yeah. I call it the roti, the roti hut. The roti, yeah, the roti hut is very very good indeed. Now, if you were in Barbados, we would have taken you to Batson's Road, you know, to have some good fish. Uh, so next we, we, yeah. Next time. All right. So all the best. Have a good evening to you, sir. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. When Thank we you. come back, we're going to go straight to Tony Gray, who is actually living up to his name because as you look at him in Zoom, his beard is very gray indeed. Tony, that's the E-Y, not the, the A-Y. When we come back, we're going to talk to him. And I've got a question right up front for Tony when he comes back. But, of course, Mason and Guest brought to you an association with a very good friend at ASAP. Welcome the best shot of the day. If anybody feels they could drink with me, let us... Yes, 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 yes. We're waiting to rejoin Mason and Guest, as you hear. We're waiting to hear from Tony Gray. But I tell you, it's going to be a good evening. I hope you folks are enjoying the show so far. We're waiting to hear from Mason as we rejoin him. We want to take this opportunity to invite you to be with us on Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it will go until 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so we talk purely cricket. Let's see, Tony. Across the, the world. Now, let's look at the whole question now of uh, Tony Gray. Hello, Tony. Nice to see you. Wonderful indeed. A happy new year to you, Tony. I haven't seen you since last year. How are you doing? I'm all right, Andrew, and uh, good evening to you. Good evening to Dr. Ford and your guest there. Happy New Year to everybody. Mm. Is it red you're wearing, Tony? Because if that's it's got political implications in Barbados. Is that red? Yes, it's red. <laughs> but I'm not in Barbados. <laughs> all right. Your reaction, Tony Gray, former West Indies fast bowler, um, to the West Indies uh, beaten, beaten, oh, my golly, by our friends uh, in relation to Ireland. What went wrong, Tony? Yeah, I'm, I'm very disappointed. Obviously, Ireland is rated or ranked at uh, number 11th in the world. We are ninth in the one-day internationals, and, um, but not totally surprised because our batting has been um, real issues 
with our batting uh, for some time now. Um, technically, obviously, our batsmen are not efficient enough. And if technically you're not efficient enough, obviously you're not going to be able to uh, be efficient with the game awareness skills. Mm. Uh, you're not going to have confidence at all. And uh, when you look at the, the Irish team, um, they're not uh, a team that has superstars, but they played as a team. And I guess that uh, when you look at um, what happened with them during the course of the tour, uh, when it comes to adversity and times of predicament, because they went through COVID-19 situations, mm-hmm. it galvanized their players and they just did what they were supposed to do, uh, which was to be efficient in all departments of the game. And uh, obviously we are not. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not greatly surprised, but I'm very disappointed. Mm. Um, so heads roll before we bring in Roland Butcher. Um, you, you think that uh, uh, Simmons uh, can survive this uh, and Pollard? What do you think, Tony? Well, I think that the, I think that the CWI have to review and assess uh, the performance level of all the coaches, not just Simmons uh, as a head coach, but the, the batting coach in Monty Desai and uh, obviously Roddy Eswick, the bowling coach, because mm. It's not only the batting. Uh, the feeling has been an issue. As Niall mentioned, seven job catches in, during the course of the, the series. And uh, obviously, the bowling has not been penetrative enough and not been consistent enough. They've not been able to create pressure and maintain pressure. So I think that uh, CWI must uh, uh, have an assessment of the coaches now and make a, a definite statement because Monty Desai has been there for two years. And uh, um, you've seen an epness of our batting in, in all departments of the game, mm. um, or, or batsmanship. Mm. Uh, for example, against South Africa, they were four. I mean, the World Cup, where we expected to have uh, done well with the, the firepower that we have. And I say firepower with some apprehension because um, T20 cricket, it's not about power hitting again. It has evolved over the years, and it's about intelligent batting. And to see us get ball out in the first game for 55 was, was poor. And we, we continue to be, have poor batting performances, uh, not in that format alone, but in all formats. So Monty Desai, a question mark behind him. And the, the CWI and, and, must make a uh, statement. Tony, Tony, I didn't ask you that. I'm asking you, Tony Gray, if you had the responsibility now, um, would, you, would you fire Phil Simmons and... Uh, Captain Pollard? No. Why not? And I'm not because not because I'm Trinidadian, because <laughs> I know that is what you're aiming at. <laughs> well, but that, that, that is something. exactly the reason why you wouldn't find them. <laughs> let me just say something before I answer that. Yes. Um, let me just say something before I answer that. I yes. talk about review them in their different portfolios, all right? Uh, but remember, I'm not at Wayne Klein because I didn't have Ravi Rampol in my team. Mm. I didn't have Darren Bravo in my team for the World Cup. Mm. And when you asked me a couple of years ago when we played India in the Caribbean, I also mentioned I don't think that Darren Bravo should have played that second test match. Mm. But so I'm not at Wayne Klein. Let me make that statement up front. So, the reason why I said Monty Desai, wait just a minute, Andrew. Okay. The reason why I said Monty Desai <laughs> is because he is the batting coach. Yes. And the, the batsmen have not done well in all formats of the game. Mm. But I, I'm also saying that the CWI must review the performance level of Philip Simmons and also uh, Kyron Pollard. But, as but Niall, it, is there, it is there for us to see. As Niall O'Brien was saying, um, Pollard doesn't have the tools to work with. 
and he has a lot of young players, inexperienced players, mm. um, coming to the one-day game. Mm-hmm. So you're saying then, Tony, that you would keep Simmons as your head coach and Pollard as your captain? That's right. Mm. Um, if we remove Pollard as our captain now, we're in a bigger mess because mm. we don't have experienced leaders. Mm. So we have to give these guys time to make the adjustment. Right. Uran is not, in my opinion, um, somebody suggested that Ed Meyer, mm. he's definitely not ready. Mm. Um, he cannot be responsible for himself and his mm. fitness. How can he lead other people? Mm. So I'm saying that we have to leave um, Pollard in that position mm. and give the others time to make the adjustment and the transition mm. to international cricket. Well, I'm sure that Dr. Ford uh, will, uh, will come in here. Uh, doctor, how are you? I'm, I'm sure that you want to respond to all of this and maybe bring some stats too. Well, no, I, I just look at uh, responsibility and and the role of a captain and a captain leading from the front. I think if we look at the the career stats of being under 26 for Pollard in, in both white ball formats and the his inability to impose himself on teams and matches and to lead from the front as being mm-hmm. his, his biggest weakness. Also, when the team has been floundering in the field, you can see that he's deflated and devoid of ideas. These are, are things that we have chastised former captains for, like Jason Holder, mm-hmm. um, you know, Carlos mm-hmm. Brathwaite. Uh, I don't really see the, you know, how we benefit from a, an experienced captain that isn't able to perform and lead a team like Joe Rootwood or like any other like like Hollywood, I mean, and it makes the nonsense of having an experienced captain. Uh, I would also say that for for individuals who are professionals, I think if you see that you are floundering and having one miserable outcome after the other, I think sometimes your pride should mm-hmm. should prick you into doing what is mm-hmm. necessary. Mm-hmm. I mean. Tony has shown us that we, we are floundering against pace against South Africa. We had difficulties against Spin and against Pakistan. And now, um, you know, mm-hmm. Ireland has come with with some off spin and some slow, some well fast medium. And you mm-hmm. know, still we're we're we're, we're lacking, and we mm-hmm. can't get anyone else. Mm-hmm. But 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 Tony, I I'm surprised at your at your opinion, but I respect it. Mm. But I would say, um, do you do you really think that you are? <laughs> You're surprised. You really I like that one, Doc. But he's respected. Yes. I like that. Yes. Yes. Because yes. I must respect everyone's opinion, and I think mm. in, in a free world, we're entitled to 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 believe and to come to any conclusion we, we would mm. like to. Right. But Tony, um, I would say, I'll ask you a simple question. Mm. Are you satisfied with the performance? of Pollard as a player? Are you satisfied with his performance as a captain? I think that he can do much better as a player. I think that he himself needs individual attention uh, with his batting. Um, you see, After all these years? He, well, I mean, you've got to understand what is happening, Doc. And I keep on saying it. And mm-hmm. I think that we're doing the wrong thing in West New Cricket. So we're getting the, the same results. In fact, what we did get in it is a depreciation of the batting talent that is initially there. Mm. We are doing the wrong things because we are not um, understanding transitional periods. Pollard has not been 
in white ball cricket in the sense of, of playing a lot of one-day cricket. Mm-hmm. Um, in recent times, he's played a, a lot of one-day cricket, but he's still um, going through the transitional period because he's played a lot of T20 cricket. we mm-hmm. got to understand um, the process that uh, takes the player forward and produces performance. Mm-hmm. I think that he needs individual help as a batsman. I would agree with that. I think as a captain, initially, he's a very good captain, but he's also a human being, and within the ethnic of our batting, he's shown signs okay. of being discouraged. Mm. But um, who else do you put? We've got to get hold okay. of him. We've got to encourage him. But who else do you put? Because okay, if well. you put Puran, Puran, for example, if you put Puran, for example, is he ready for captaincy? Well, maybe, uh, Tony, the, the answer is, uh, could anyone else do any work? That, that may be the answer. But, but what, what I would like to ask you as well is if, if any other cricketing nation had a coach or cadre of coaches that have had the results that our coaches have had, don't you think that the administration would see it fit to consider going in another direction? Or maybe the coaches would try to save space and, and leave the scene? Because you think that the coaches should be maintained in spite of the most abysmal results we've had in our history. Because if you thought the World Cup was bad, Ireland is worse. And, well, you know, I, I, I'm asking you, how low do we have to go before well, you think we should... Yeah, what I'm, saying, what I'm saying, Doc, is that there has to be specificity. Who is in charge of our batting? Monty Desai and, and the, the coach is also with him. You mean the head coach? The the head coach yes. But specifically, yeah. if you're not doing anything... Uh, concerning your batting coach, who is specifically in charge of your batting, mm-hmm. then you, 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 why focus on your head coach? You got to get rid of your batting coach first of all. You got to make an assessment of Philip Simmons and Pollard mm. and all those coaches that are in charge. Ooh. But you got to get rid of the person who is specifically there to improve your batting. Mm. Tony, Tony, you, why, why make an assessment when when the results are? <laughs> Are laid bare. I mean, what's yeah. left to assess? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think Tony. I'm saying. I'm saying. Just all a second. Right. Just a second. We, we, the, the, the cricket West Indies is not the greatest at being transparent and giving information. We we had a retreat after the abysmal World Cup, which we've heard nothing of. Uh, we we are unable to find out any changes or any initiatives that come from that. Hmm. Now, now, if they try to do an assessment of a coach and and hmm. coaching cadre and a captain that's failing, I don't hmm. think you'll get any any. We won't hear anything about it. <laughs> but but the results are there for everyone to see. Yes. Well, well, the thing about it is that you must assess coaches. I mean, all right. So, for example, coaches assessment goes along with the, right. the system assessment, hmm. right or wrong? Goes hmm. coaches assessment goes ahead with one. With the the the, the um, your system assessments. Yeah, but but have you ever had a coach do this badly and a coach and a batting coach and you still want to assess them? I think mm. we, we have we right. have moved on mm. with less. Tony, so then I said, Doc, I said that you have to go on from your batting coach first of all because the batting so, has shown that it is not progressing. In fact, mm. players coming into the Westerners team coming right. with a certain degree of talent, and you've seen the decreasing uh, of but the talent. But does the overall manager not see this and act on it, and either decide if his charge that he bought in specifically right. in a time when it was said that 
that we wanted our West Indian coaches, mm. isn't he somewhat responsible as the ultimate manager? Where does the buck stop in the coaching group? Well, well, if Simmons, for example, brought in Monty mm. Desai, he's mm. got to go. He's got to fire him. Oh, Tony, uh, Tony, Tony, you're getting a lot of lashes on, on, on WhatsApp for this, and I wouldn't share um, these WhatsApp messages. But we're going to have to move on, Tony, um, because, of course, you've got Sandy Roberts with us as well. Um, and we also, because England are here, and we're going to spend, I know that Dominic Warren doesn't have a great deal of time, so we just want to invite him at the moment. Gentlemen, stay with us in relation to the build-up. Dominic Warren, of course, is the commercial director. Good evening to you, Dominic. How are you? I know that you're a very, very busy man. Where are you? Are you in Barbados, Dominic? Straight out of the Kensington Oval in front of me. Oh, uh, how wonderful. Just watching, just watching the warm-up match at the moment. Oh, right. Okay, fine. Now, of course, uh, Sandy Roberts and, and, and my very good friend, Roland Butcher, they're listening to you. Are we ready, like Freddie, as we would say in Barbadian parlance, for the action starting on uh, Saturday? Uh, yeah, well, good evening, everyone. Um, yes. Uh, not ready yet, of course, because everything's just come in from Jamaica from the Ireland series, but, but we will be ready. Mm. Um, and it's, you know, it's pretty exciting. First time we're probably going to have fans back in a venue mm. uh, since the start of the pandemic. Uh, ticket sales going pretty well. We're going to be at 50% capacity here at the Kensington Oval, working with BCA and uh, uh, the Oval and the government of Barbados. So um, we're pretty confident that we're going to be close to, if not sold out, for all of the T20Is. Um, party stands going out here, the Banks Pier party stand that's been built in front of me, and um, lots of travelling fans coming in. And as I said, the box office is actually open today as well, so local mm. fans have started coming in. Mm. even with the election build-up going on. So uh, hopefully plenty will come in. And what, what will be a pretty interesting series between two sides, which will have radically changed since the last time they met and the last time they played mm. T20s, really. Mm. So, so let's talk about the English fans. They're already here, the Barmy Army and everybody here. How many English fans do you have, approximately, that you know of that would have been in Barbados by now? I don't know. It might be quieter. They might be quieter than usual this time with, with COVID. But mm. you know what we've seen is that from tour operators alone, we are expecting for the T20s mm. certainly pushing towards a thousand fans coming in from tour operators. And tour operators mm. generally mm. account for about twenty-five to thirty percent of of uh, of the pub, of the travelling fans that come in. So. You could certainly expect to see two to three thousand other England fans on top of that. Mm, I see. Um, and of course, let, let's let, let's let's confirm this. Only vaccinated spectators will be allowed into Kensington. Just want to make that absolutely clear. Yeah, I, I have to go into my public service broadcast yes. element now and, uh, and provide all the info. But yes. Yeah, I mean, everyone in the stadium will be fully vaccinated. Mm. Um, fortunately, that's. A reason why we won't have children in, which is a shame, but uh, it's to make sure working with the government of Barbados and the Ministry of Health to make sure that the game can go ahead with fans. So mm. everyone will be fully vaccinated from umpires to uh, yeah. people to caterers to, mm. uh, you know, to media as well. So, um, so everyone will have to show their vaccination documentation when they come in mm. um, and have to wear masks at all times. And, Oh, you have to wear masks at all times. 
other than when eating and drinking. Okay. If you eat and drink, you eat and drink a lot, you may not have to wear it that much. <laughs> I see. Um, I, I don't mean to be flippant. It's important. But the other thing, we'll have social distancing in the stand. So mm. essentially, we've sold full rows. And, mm. and if you're in a group, uh, you know, family, mm. married couple, etc. essentially, every other group will shift forward a row or move backward a row. So essentially, there will always be a gap in the stands between mm. between every fan. So so fans, where, whether they're local fans or whether they're mm. traveling fans, will have to be prepared for that. But that allows us to get up to 5,000 mm. people in, maybe a bit more, actually, with a party stand. So mm-hmm. um, it's exciting. Mm. It's, it's great to see fans coming out. And obviously, mm. with five matches, the first time there's ever been a five-match T20 series between England and uh, and West Indies um, and both teams have a big point to prove so mm. certainly if the local fans come out their noise they're bringing the West Indies vibe to the stands is going to make a big difference mm, I see and in terms of reach um, uh, Dominique uh, uh, where is this going I mean all over the world in terms of the television yeah all around the world we've um, uh, you and your listeners will hopefully be aware that over the last uh, year, we've taken on a, a huge number of global broadcast uh, agreements. So um, in terms of the key markets, we've just signed a new partnership with ESPN Caribbean. So ESPN Car- Caribbean will be okay. uh, featuring the series in the Caribbean on live. So the fact that ESPN Caribbean is on pretty much every cable package means mm-hmm. that we've got the greatest reach from a cable station. Mm-hmm. Um, in the UK, it will be on BT Sport, so um, you know mm-hmm. the, the two key competitors are, are covered. And then around the world, we've got all the new deals with ESPN in the United States, Fancode mm-hmm. in India, mm-hmm. um, and I can go on. So, and we've just signed a new agreement in Southeast Asia with a company called Eleven Sports. So, again, we're going to have West Indies cricket going to countries we haven't gone to before, with the likes of Thailand, mm-hmm. Thailand, Indonesia, Singapore, Hong mm-hmm. Kong. Malaysia. Mm. Don't know how many West Indies fans there are there, but hopefully there'll mm. be a few more after this. Right, show. right. Uh, Dr. Ford, any questions for Dominique? Dominique, uh, how, how are the projections for, you mentioned how many fans you expect for the T20 leg. Uh, how are the numbers, uh, you know, comparing to, to the projections that, that you had earlier? Um, to be honest, I'll, I'll we use 2019 as a benchmark, and actually they're looking pretty healthy, um, mm. certainly in terms of the T20s. So the T20s are probably going to be similar to the ODIs that we had in the Caribbean in terms of audience, and actually could push through that, uh, hoping that the locals come out and create a really good atmosphere. Then, you know, five, five and a half, six thousand people in a in what will be a full house for Kensington with a 50% capacity would be good. I think. Fundamentally, with COVID-19, it's created uncertainty for everyone. There's been really healthy interest from traveling fans. Um, Mm. The fact that more and more fans are getting fully vaccinated in in the Caribbean means that hopefully a lot more fans will be able to come in than would otherwise have been projected. So, you know, I I can tell you right now that if I look at my uh, status, I know that we've essentially pushing 80% sales um, before we've looked at hospitality suites and um, some of the complimentary tickets we do for government sponsors, etc. So we're at a good number already for that first game. I think the exciting thing is with back-to-back T20s on two consecutive weekends with a, mm. a midweek 
Saturday night interlude as well. Hopefully, mm. makes it a really a really good shed, uh, schedule of games for local fans to get behind and for travelling fans to come along when, whenever they appear whenever they appear and uh, arrive in, in Barbados. Mm. Well, I'm not sure if Cricket West Indies is in charge of determining the the cost of a ticket, but how does the cost of a ticket now uh, incorporate COVID and and other considerations? Is it is it the same? Is it lower? Is it higher? For the, for the locals, I mean. So we, we we are in charge of setting the prices. We work with the local territorial board and the, the venue to look at the best pricing. Um, so we've got four. Sorry, we've got yeah, we've got four categories of pricing from premium, standard plus standard, and the party stand. So essentially, mm-hmm. the, the the most expensive ticket is 80 US dollars. The the most affordable ticket is 40 US dollars. But there's 50% off for all Caribbean fans, which is important. So whether you're coming to the box office or whether you're buying online, mm-hmm. so long as you're using local ID or you're registering on the new online service with address, you, you get 50% off. And that, that's to make sure that mm-hmm. the, the series is affordable for fans. Um, and also we won't, um, you know, whilst we've also got to be careful with demand, sorry, with supply essentially being cut in half, demands are higher. So, um, you, you guys will be aware from the conversations we've had in the past. Mm-hmm. We need to get the balance right, which is an England series mm-hmm. is the best chance we have to bring in revenues which go across investment into the cricket across the next four to five year cycle. So we want to get sure, make sure we've got that balance right of making mm-hmm. sure local fans can afford to come in and making sure that we've got some really good pricing points um, for travelling fans to be excited and to spend their money not just in the stadium but in the hotels and the resorts and in the shops and bars accordingly. How have you been able to keep track? Because I know you're selling online, you're selling uh, hard copy tickets. Uh, How do you know when you get to that 50% threshold that you can cut off? Because um, is there a danger of of overselling uh, your target restriction? Uh, No no danger. We've got, with our new ticketing system, which is a new bit of leading technology, we've got um, essentially everything's programmed in and alarmed. So once we go through thresholds, mm. um, so certainly once we get to 85, 90%, um, nice alarm bells ring to say that, um, that we're close to sell out. Also, it gives us the opportunity to look at returns tickets, sponsor tickets that won't mm. be used, mm-hmm. um, and the opportunity for things like the party stand. The party stand, for example, is being built for up to more than 1,500 tickets, uh, 1,500 people now. That means only 750 people are allowed in with the 50%. And actually, we've set an initial capacity of 600. Now, seeing where we go and working with the ministries of health and the government, um, we'll see if that changes. Also, looking ahead to the test match, the, the second test match in Barbados in, in March as well. So we've got some flexibility, and we've got a great system which mm-hmm. which allows us to um, mm-hmm. let people know that um, we're, we're hoping we will be sold out because mm-hmm. uh, it's for, for everyone's benefit to reinvest into cricket. Mm-hmm. I see. Well, just just before you go, Dominic, uh, you said you're at Kensington Oval um, and you're watching. What's happening? Uh, this is this is where my my eyesight is really poor. <laughs> 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 but, um, I do know that Mr. Mr. Poran was in and batting quite well with, with Myers, but Myers out and. Bravo's out, and I'm trying to see who's next in, and I can't see who mm. it is. 
What's the score? Okay. What's the score? Put your glasses on. <laughs> you know what? Six months ago, I could see. Right. All, all, this, all, all this brilliant weather in the Caribbean has, has massively affected my English eyesight. So um, mm -hmm. I must go and get an eye test. I've got glasses, but even those won't see the mm. score. Right. No, um, I'll have, to, I'll have to defer, I'm afraid. I'm, it's my weak link in the interview. I, 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 right, indeed. Oh, so we can't, and we can't have you as a commentator, so we know that. We'll, we'll prefer to have Tony Gray and Roland Butcher. Final question to you before you go, Dominic. We really, uh, we are very happy. We're going to give away a couple of tickets a little bit later on when, of course, our good friend Stephen Leslie comes to call in. Um, is this going to improve our coffers, though? Because I know things are very tight with Cricket West Indies. You went to England. You saved England a lot of money. Will this tour help us significantly financially, uh, Dominique? Yeah, it will. I mean, first and foremost, because um, the Future Tours program, we originally scheduled to have just two tests and three T20. Right. So the extra, the extra test match mm -hmm. um, and, and the two extra T20s are worth significant seven seven-figure US dollar sums. Oh. Uh, and, that's, and that's before you get into the the, the, the ticket revenue and all the other revenue that goes around with it in terms of sponsorship. So we've got Betway sponsoring the, the T20s, uh, which is a significant sponsorship because we haven't had a T20 title partner for a while. Mm -hmm. um, we've got potentially some more news coming in the next few days. Mm -hmm. um, we've got a uh, partnership that we've had in place for nine months is going to be announced, which is going to be a three-year partnership. Mm -hmm. uh, um, We've got some overseas partnerships, which we haven't had before. So essentially a lot of this is stabilizing. And mm. you'll be aware we've spoken about this a few times right. in, the last, in the last year, is that mm. essentially we went from a period of being indebted to being more indebted because of COVID. We're rapidly coming out of that. And essentially the next, mm. but what, I, what I can say is with the Future Tour program and because of the relationship that we've had with England, which has been fostered at, you know, the, the commercial level, at the CEO level, and at, um, at, at the board level with the president and vice president, the payback or the payback's completely the wrong word, actually, but the relationship we had from what we've done in 2020 with England, mm -hmm. we'll see benefits not just in 2022, but into 2023 and 2024. Mm -hmm. um, and when you see schedules coming out at both home and away, you'll see, mm -hmm. you'll see why. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of work's gone on, and I think actually that's a key message here. And you know, coming out of COVID in the Caribbean, mm. we're not going to suddenly rebuild businesses and economies in a flash in two to three weeks or two mm. to three months. Mm. As we get more cricket, we'll start to be able to reinvest into cricket much more, particularly looking at grassroots and youth and women's cricket, uh, which will build the pipeline and the pathway for the future. Mm. Um, and bit by bit, it will give us a stronghold and. Uh, to have much more sustainable finances and that has been what the whole management team and the board has been working on certainly for the last two years mm. even if you haven't had fans in the stadium during that time frame mm. okay somebody just sent a note the final question to you what about the first class uh season are you still confirmed for next for next month first three matches in barbados is that confirmed uh, I, I i can't confirm the exact schedule but it's coming and uh, you'll be one of the first to know so First-class cricket and the Red Bull Cricket West Indies Championship will be coming back. Right. Um, 
that's been a massive gap, obviously, in terms of both playing time and development time for right. players of any age in any capacity. So mm-hmm. essentially in February, um, mm-hmm. well, we'll be announcing that schedule probably in the next in the next mm-hmm. few days. We'll be using right. the platform of national mm-hmm. matches to do so. So it'll be mm-hmm. great to have red ball cricket coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll see uh, more regional cricket developing in the year ahead. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thanks, Dominic, for coming and talking to us. We want to ask you for an update. If we wouldn't do that, we wouldn't embarrass you. Uh, but we want to thank you for coming through and talking to us on this and the guests. Enjoy the rest of the evening. And enjoy Barbados, the Caribbean's number one country. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks All right. There you go. All right. All right. All right. Thank you very much indeed. So that's Dominic Warren, the commercial director. When we come back, and we're going to go straight back into the cricket. Uh, and, and, and talk to, of course, Andy Roberts, who's joined us. He's in yellow. That obviously has some, some political implications as well. So we have a gentleman in, in, in red. So, so Tony Gray supporting the Bs, and uh, Andy supporting the Ds. Oh, my golly. But, but, and, and you know, uh, Roland Bush has got a, a tinge of blue as well, so he knows where his vote is going to be going tomorrow. Let's pause for business cause. Of course, Mason and Guest brought to an association with a very good friends at ASFP Work Room, the best shot of the day. You're listening to uh, Mason and Guest and Voice of Barbados. Just to let you know, very good evening to you first, that uh, Stetson Bob is by the courthouses, and he, we are standing by to join him anytime now. So don't break away from Mason and Guest. Don't break away from Ken and Voice of Barbados. We'll come back to you in a little while. Take it, Andrew. Yes, we're looking forward to that big, big uh, judgment, of course. Uh, they're, they're discussing whether or not uh, we're going to be having the elections tomorrow, of course. Um, that is uh, very interesting, and of course, we're going to be joining Stetson Bat, who is going to have uh, the story as usual first here on the, the station that will always uh, make sure that uh, we get the scoop. Now, let's go to uh, Sandy Roberts. Sandy, how are you? Um, are you? Are you okay? Happy New Year to you, Sandy. How are you? Sandy, you, 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 you need to, you, you, you need to, we want to hear you, Sandy. You're muted, Sandy. Top right hand corner. Oh, no, 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 come on. Sandy, you're live. I mean, you can't say that, can you, Sandy? <laughs> All right, of course, we're not, we, 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 we've cut that, haven't we? I, I took it, I took it. I think I, I think I took care of it. <laughs> yeah, you did, you did, you did, you did. Sandy, ooh, oh, 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 oh I see. We, 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 we can't, of course, let that go out, can we? No, 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 come on. Sandy, you're live. I mean, you can't say that, can you, Sandy? All right, of course, we're not, we, we, we've cut that, haven't we? I took it. I think I, I think I took care of it. Yeah, you did. You did. You did. You did. Sandy, Sandy, I'm sure you want to pull that back. No, I wouldn't pull that back. All right. No. Talk to me, Sandy. Roland. Yes. Yeah, Roland Bush is with us. Um, Sandy, are you surprised with the West Indies? Very poor show against um, uh, Ireland? If I'm surprised? Yeah. Well, if, if you're looking back for the last uh, two, three years, 
business laws aren't surprises. Mm. Not to me. And I sat here listening to you all talking about coaches, mm-hmm. um, firing someone. If you are, if we, I think there should be something wavering over his head because I, I don't think that he's been coached on two separate occasions. Right. And I don't believe that he has shown us that he has what it takes mm-hmm. to get over the over this problem. Mm-hmm. But what it is now, I don't think I would blame the coach alone. Because um, when you look at the quality of our players coming out of the region, mm-hmm. we have a lot of emphasis from the coaches from the law level coming up. Because that is where you, you learn the skills of batting because the most focus today is on batting. Because I say I read that the captain said that West Indies have a batting problem, but we've been having a batting problem for years. Mm. So we don't pay much attention to it, but we want to blame others at the top. Problem is a problem that uh, comes from the lower level. Mm. If we um, build our cricket upon coaching, we need to have the best possible coaches at the lower level. So that all of these problems that you see now at the international level, mm-hmm. most of them have been taken care of from the low level. Mm, I see. Roland, your reaction to all this? Are you surprised by the poor performance by the West Indies against Ireland, Roland? Um, Hadji, first of all, good evening to um, all the colleagues here on the show and all your listeners. Yes, I, I am surprised because you know, we know we know the position West Indies are in in terms of their performances for some time. But in saying that, I would have still have expected a mm-hmm. a much better showing against um, an Irish team, which until now haven't really beaten anyone apart from um, Afghanistan and Zimbabwe, who are ranked below us. So they haven't beaten uh, a mm-hmm. high-ranked team mm-hmm. um, in the series. So from that perspective. Even with a West Indies team changing, I really expected that West Indies would be really fired up um, for these three games and to try and get some points on the board against what turned out to be a weakened Irish team because we know what happened in USA with the, the ODIs being cancelled and ending up with five players having COVID. Um, you know, the captain, obviously, who's their inspirational player as well, uh, missing for nearly all the tournament. Um, Sterling, one of their top performers, also missing. Uh, with all of those things going against it, really, I would have expected that West Indies would have taken that series. Mm. So every West Indian, whether you're an administrator, supporter, player, mm. should be very, very disappointed uh, with the performance because it was a disappointing performance. You really should not be losing. No disrespect to Ireland because you know you can be beaten by a team that's weaker than yourself, but um, in the circumstances you're playing in your backyard, really a team like Ireland should not mm-hmm. come into your backyard and, and really take away the, the bacon, as you were saying. Mm. Do you recommend any changes? We've had discussion about head coach for Simmons and Captain Pollard. Should they keep their jobs, Roland? Roger, listen, I, I'm not going to go into that discussion because it's a discussion that 
had, has had on this show week in, week out. Mm. And um, what I would say is that mm. even if you replace them and the players perform the way that they have performed, right. then you, you, you have not made any strides. So mm. at this moment in time, I'm really... Well, you drop players, um, Roland, don't you? Well, you do drop players. Yeah, so, 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 why can't you, so why can't you drop the coach and, and the captain? Well, I mean, that the coach and the captain, like everyone else, will be held accountable. Mm. Everybody in the cricket setup. So let me ask. So let me ask you, Roland. So, so you would keep Phil Simmons as your head coach? I do. I, I listen. I, I. That's not something that I can discuss because what um, being being on the cricket West Indies um, cricket strategy and outcomes committee. Mm. Um, oh. These are th- these are things that will have to be. Um, discussed within the committee, so I cannot um, mm. say publicly. Okay, like, I see, I see. So, okay, I see. You, you, you can't do that. You can't do like a like like, like Calvin Hope, uh, who um, you know spoke. Uh, by the way, though, can you confirm because you know I, the, the, the Calvin Hope is no longer a director, uh, the Barbados director on the West Indies board. Well, can you confirm this? Well, Andrew, it's a bit late for you asking for confirmation when you brought that story. Um, uh, probably a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. So, but, okay, but, but can you confirm it though? Well, it, it, I think you need to ask some of it, Stephen Leslie. But, position but is, aren't you on the board? But, but aren't you on the board? I'm on the board, but I'm, I'm I don't put out press releases. Okay. Um, we made we made decisions at the board and policy. Well, um, okay. Around the association. So mm. when you speak to Stephen Leslie, um, well, he will let you. When he's coming on, but he's going to come on to, to, to give some tickets. But I can tell you that Gregory Nichols, Jason King, Pedro Graves, Roland Butcher, and Kamal Springer voted yes. That's to get rid of Calvin Hope. Conde Riley, Winston Stafford, and Calvin Hope said no. And Henry Wallace abstained. Can you confirm well, I this? I do. Um, it, it, it appears to me, if you were saying that, oh, wait, that you were in the room. Or you had a I was a fly on the wall. And Dr. Ford confirmed all this because someone spoke to him as well. Well, I mean, I, I, in future, I will have to listen to you when you get <laughs> breaking news. Because, as you know, before, I have always been very skeptical, but I, I may have to take notes from here. No, but, but I'm saying this has happened, and it's happened over a week now, and there's been no release from, you, from, from the BCA. Well, I mean, Andrew, really... As you said, there should be a release. Um, Stephen Les- Leslie will be able to tell you whether oh, he's going to release or whether he's got a release to make. Mm. But as I said, as, as a board director, yes. um, I, don't, I don't put out press releases. Let's leave it there. Let's leave it there. Um, you know, we broke the story last week, and I did all my investigations, and I'm even able to tell you how they voted, uh, Roland Butcher. No comment on that. All right. Let's, let's turn our attention, of course, uh, to England. Um, the English are here. Johnny Miranda has joined us. We, uh, we, we couldn't quite hear you properly, Johnny. Uh, let's hope that there's an improvement. Um, are you excited about the England West Indies series, Johnny? Andrew, hello. Is that any better? Oh, yeah, we, we now have to turn the volume down. Yes, you're, you're loud and clear. Uh, Andrew, yes, yeah, certainly. There's a, a, a big level of excitement. Actually, one of the, one of the things that, that um, Dominic Warren touched on, and something that's really exciting, is this is the first real opportunity 
for England fans to travel away um, to watch England play cricket abroad. Mm. There was literally no, very few spectators were allowed. I mean, the Barmy Army had a presence in the Ashes, but that was largely expats who lived in Australia. But very few were prepared to take on the 14-day the quarantine and various other regional quarantines that existed in, in the Ashes. So the fact that you've got so many supporters around about... 4,000 or so that are due to be coming to the Caribbean. I think it's fantastic both for, for Barbados as an island and it's fantastic for, for the spectators, the English spectators, um, who have been starved of cricket for so long. So, yes, I mean, that in itself, I think, is enormous news. And, and, um, and as far as the cricket's concerned, I think everybody's very excited about it. Just before we, we go into the meat, let, let, let's turn our attention straight to the ashes. Do you think Joe Root should hold on to his job as captain? Johnny? I, 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 to be honest, my, my view is that I think Silverwood is out of his depth. I think Ashley Giles has held some, in, uh, has made some enormous errors, and, and should be culpable and accountable for those errors that he's made. Um, I'm not convinced by Tom Harrison, who's at the helm of the ECB. He's a he's a suit. He's a marketeer, if you like. He's got very understanding, very little understanding from the nuances of the game, and the fact mm. he's let. As cricket um, just drop off the radar completely on his watch. I mean, the World Cup win was, was three years ago now, and England have got progressively worse mm. um, at red ball cricket. As far as as far as Joe Root's concerned, I, I would I would cling to him like Leonardo DiCaprio was clinging to a, a life raft. Ooh, I would hang on, I would hang on to Joe Root <laughs> if, if a man could score seventeen hundred runs. And lead England. So he's the only guaranteed pick. He is the only name on that team sheet, test match after test match, who's likely to play. Mm. We talk about Ben Stokes, but he's got massive issues over his fitness. He, of course, understandably took some time off for, for other reasons this year. Mm. Um, uh, it's an enormous uh, weight on his shoulders. Otherwise, you've got left field picks. Sam Billings made 24 in the first innings, and people were saying he was going to be the next England captain. Um, you've got Stuart Broad as a left field pick potentially, but again, of course, he you know never plays the first test in the series either. So, no, as far as Joe Reese is concerned, I would literally, I just think that with everything else going on, mm. he's a perfectly serviceable captain. He may not be the, the the most brilliant, the most intuitive, the most daring, but fundamentally, you just you know, cricket's a simple game. You just need to put one foot. I think he does have to take some culpability for some of the mistakes made on this tour because he would have made them with Silverwood. Some of the selections they've made, I don't think they got it right in any test match, particularly some of the decisions at the toss. Um, and, you know, he was possibly culpable at some clutch moments, but where the, where the captains who probably got on top of him. But I would, yeah, I would definitely keep Joe Reese as captain. That would, be, that would be the easiest decision I can make all year. I see. You're at it. Of course, Johnny Buran, top journalist. Um, what are your expectations for... Uh, this uh, five T20s, and and let's look at some of the players because you know England has brought up not not the big side, not the big guns that we were looking for. What do you expect, Johnny? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you saw England. Um, the, the, you tend to find in white ball cricket some of the French players come in and make an immediate impact. Right. We had a situation last summer where the entire one-day squad uh, was affected by COVID and close contacts, and they replaced the entire squad with Ben Stokes playing 
uh, as quite an innovative, innovative um, captain, actually, to be fair, in that white ball series. And all the all the, the young Chargers did really well. They won that series against Pakistan with, with a number of debutants coming into the side. So I think, I think England are a very dangerous white ball side. They're a very dangerous T20 side. They were, you know, they were within a, a, a couple of decent games of winning that last tournament, of course, um, you know, coming second against New Zealand in the semi-final. You know, but they had a pretty good tournament up to that that point. I mean, the, the, the players to look out for, you've got players, of course, like Jason Roy and Adil Rashid, who are well-known. Tymar Mills, uh, you know, has been bowling really well in the last couple of years. And Saqib Mahmood is one of the, the real form horses for England. He's been absolutely brilliant and was, was probably unlucky not to play a test match in Australia. He was over with the Lions and very much as part of that support um, aspect is concerned. You've got Liam Livingston, who's who's a, a wonderful all-round talent. You can hit the ball to all parts. Plays for Lancashire. He bowls off breaks. He bowls leg breaks. You know, potentially England <laughs> captain right there. He's captain Lancashire before. Um, Christian wouldn't you know everything about him? Uh, Liam Dawson's been around the game for a while. Harry Brook is is a bright prospect. He's 22 years of age. He's been in the county game a few years. He's in the last couple of years. He's been very prolific in all formats. Sam Billings, of course, did. He's the one the one member of this Ashes experience who will be in the Caribbean. He drove 11 hours down the cold Gold Coast to get to the England side and then made his test debut in Hobart. Um, Tom Banton, we've seen a little bit of him. You've probably seen a bit of him in, in various formats for a while. He's an exciting bat for Somerset. Moe Ali, of course, has been there forever. And Owen Morgan is the architect of that side. And, uh, you know, what a terrific individual thinking he is. So it's an exciting side. And you always find white ball contests in the Caribbean between these two sides. Well, as, as with the Red Bull, they tend to be box office occasions. Yeah, it should be fun. All right. Well, of course... Um... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a very, very, very good point. Yeah, Phil Salt. Absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. Um, fantastic player, Phil Salt. And um, yeah, real, real talent. I have to say, bowls a little bit of bit of off breaks, but uh, you know, fantastic right-handed bat. And a lot is made of this young man, 25 years of age, and uh, could be could be an extremely exciting uh, prospect in the Caribbean. Uh, so, Andy. Um, did, and went to school in Barbados. He went to Harrison College and, and played for Barbados um, on the 15th. Yep. Well, it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, born in Wales, of course, but then spending all that time um, back in Barbados. Yeah, terrific, terrific. Well, are you going to pinch your ones over there? Who knows? But uh, mm-hmm. not with his England colours. But no, it's a terrific story. Um, so, Andy, what are your expectations? West Indies versus, um, of course, England in the T20 matches. Do you expect the West Indies to win, Sandy? I stick, I stick to the same old tune. Hmm. All players need to develop themselves, whether it's test cricket, ODIs, white ball, red hmm. ball, because being from the old age, I don't see the difference between red ball and white ball. You don't? No, I don't see there's a difference between red and white ball. I think hmm. most of these guys, they pay more attention to the white ball than the red ball. Oh, Oh, I see. Go back to the Ashes. I believe the problem with the English in Australia is that they were literally afraid of the fast bowlers. Oh. I think, I think that is the difference between Australia and England. 
They were afraid. Afraid of the fast bowlers. If you look at most of them, you look at their feet. Most of them, mm. right, right hand is the right foot is moving back towards left stump. Most of them, they're not going across. They're not getting behind the line of the ball, mm. which you do in test cricket. In ODIs, you don't need to get behind the line of the ball. Mm. That's when uh, giving themselves room to hit over cover and through the covers. Mm. So that was the difference. I mm. think West Indies now in the T20s, mm. they should make one or two changes because, and I, I would say that I would give the captain, the now captain, a break because I believe that if we're going to look towards the future, I don't think we should be building with a 34, 35-year-old at the present time because mm. the entire structure of the batting has let us down mm-hmm. from top. I and see. I don't see the reason why the captain should be batting down at number six and seven. Oh. And why Nicholas Puran should be batting at number three. Oh, I see. Interesting. Yeah. You need to get at least one batsman who will be prepared to bat through, even in T20s. Mm. Don't see that in our setup. I see. Interesting. Well, well of course, it's, it's, it's uh, time for our um, listeners to get involved because we, we're going to be actually joining uh, Mr. Stephen Leslie, who is the Manager of Marketing and Communications at the BCA. And, of course, we're going to be giving away some tickets, uh, of course, this evening. But just before we do that, um, 441790, I'm sure people will call to, to get involved um, because we're going to be making sure that you go to Kansas. But, of course, once you're fully vaccinated, so you can give us a call because we've got the, the questions for you. But, uh, Stephen, are you ready like Freddie in terms of the, the BCA, in terms of preparations for these big games coming up? Good evening, Andrew. Um, the preparations have been ongoing for quite a while, and we as prepared as we can be with the games beginning on Saturday. I would say that one of the key things is the social media blast that we at the Barbados Cricket Association in conjunction with CWI um, are trying to sensitize persons to the do's and don'ts when they come to mm-hmm. Kevington. Mm-hmm. Um, persons need to appreciate that this is the first series that we are hosting in the West Indies that will be a low event mm-hmm. and that in itself um, is very important to know. Um, certainly when we talk about being fully vaccinated mm-hmm. the information that has reached us means that you've, you've received two jobs from the approved vaccinations that have been mm-hmm. under the government of Barbados now for the last year and a half. So once you receive those two jobs, you are considered fully vaccinated. Um, there were some queries coming in whether you need to have the booster, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, we are just keeping it very simple based on the fact that you've received your, your, two, your two sticks. And one of the key things to understand too, Andrew, is that they're going to be going to be a process. You're going to be have your temperature taken upon arrival at the venue. Mm-hmm. You're then going to have a validation point. That validation point for locals as opposed to persons who are joining us from overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, in the case of Barbadians, you know that we've been given a blue card, um, and we would have more often than not taken our national ID when we were getting vaccinated. So it's important for all patrons coming to Kensington 
mm-hmm. to walk with that ID. Once you provide that ID and or blue card, you mm-hmm. are going to be able then to be verified that you are fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And once you pass that validation point, you go then into the normal security check prior to entering the stadium. Mm-hmm. And party stand arrangement is very critical to understand that you'll be required for to have that additional rapid antigen test taken. So you will have to prove vaccination status and mm-hmm. then also have that rapid antigen test taken. The medical experts have said to us that typically what we are going to need is a situation where that rapid antigen test mm-hmm. um, should be taken mm-hmm. at least 24 hours prior to the actual event that you're going to. So mm-hmm. it's key to understand that. And then we want patrons to be aware too that mm-hmm. once they come into the stadium, mm-hmm. I, I know that um, earlier Dominic Warren would have been communicating it very much explicitly, but understand that once you are not within the same household, um, you could be a cousin, you could be an aunt, you could be mm-hmm. a niece. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you're not living in the same household, that you mm-hmm. will not be allowed to sit together mm-hmm. um, during the course of the of the five to twenty games at Kazakhstan. Interesting, interesting. But of course, we, we want to give away a ticket or two. Uh, we already have a call online forty four one seven ninety. I'm sure fans would want to go to Kensington Oval. And the first question: How many T20 international matches have been hosted at the Mecca today? How many T20 international matches have been hosted at the Mecca to date? That is the question. Can we go to the telephones? We can uh, to uh, give away a ticket. Hello, welcome to Mason and Guess. Yeah, good night. How are you? Good night. Do you know the answer, sir? No, I didn't call. I didn't call for the ticket. Oh, you didn't call for the ticket. Well, oh, this, uh, at this time, we're trying to... to give my um, perspective on why West Indies lose it. When Nicholas says they win it, we got to get four runs. All right. So you can't expect nothing better there. Mm, I see. Interesting. Um, but but do, do you want to try winning a ticket, though? How many T20 national matches have been uh, hosted at the, the Mecca to date? You want to try? Okay, let's take another call. Let's let's try and sneak another one. We want to get these tickets out of the way. Hello, welcome, Mason and guests. A ticket to go to Kensington. Hello, welcome. Hello, don't don't listen to your radio. Hello, welcome, Mason and guests. Forty four one seven ninety. Ticket to go to Kensington. Hello. Hello, call up. Uh, stop listening to your radio. Talk to me. Oh, okay. Uh, we can take another call. Hello, welcome. Yeah, hello, welcome. Um, do, do you know the answer, uh, caller? Thirteen. Uh, oh, you're very close, very, very close indeed. How many T20 international matches have been played, have been hosted at the region's mecca? You said thirteen. We're going to give you a, another chance. You're uh, very close. 14? Pardon me. Fourteen. Fourteen. That's correct. Fourteen. That's the answer. Wonderful. Okay, we're going to have Ken Husband. He's going to take your name off air. And we'll be in contact with you to ensure that you get your ticket to go to Kensington Oval. So thank you very much indeed. Very much indeed. So, Stephen, you've got a winner already. Stephen? Yeah, that's, that's really refreshing. And there will be, as you know, a second question, which I, I know you will um, communicate to the callers very shortly. Yes. I just wanted to let everyone be aware as well that the opportunity for senior citizens um, would be this year that they can have the opportunity to get a 50% discount 
on each of the ticket prices that have been actually mm. placed in the media. Um, obviously, this 50% does not apply to the party stand, but you do know see the citizens like to sit and watch cricket at different parts of the Kensington Oval. But that is what is being offered that for persons with your national ID, mm. as opposed to in the past where you know that there were uh, mm. pretty much free tickets given, the senior citizens are being given that discounted rate of 50% for the 20 internationals coming up on Saturday. Wonderful. So the, the next question, we've got several calls already. Uh, what is the lowest uh, total recorded in a T20 international at Kensington Oval? That's the first part of it. And which team made the score? So what is the lowest total recorded in a T20 international at Kensington Oval? And which team made that score? Can we go to the telephone scan? We can. Hello, welcome, Mason and guests. Uh, time to go to Kensington. You got a ticket waiting for you. Hello, welcome. Good night. Good night to you. Do you know the answer? Let me hear the answer the question again. Okay. What is the lowest total recorded in a T20 international at Kensington Oval? And which team made that score? It was Australia versus the West Indies. Australia versus the West Indies. No, that's not right. Mm. We want to take. We want to take another another shot before we. There's several people backed up. Uh, South Africa. No, not South Africa. All right, let's take another call. Can we? It's heading to seven thirty-seven. The country. Hello, welcome. Time to win a ticket to go to the regions, Mecca. Hello. Yep, forty-four one seven ninety. Um, it, it's a, maybe a pretty difficult one, but of course uh, we will uh, ensure um, that um, you know we get you to Kensington Oval uh, to participate. We got a question. We got a we got a call. Here we do. Hello, welcome. Hello, welcome, hello. Mason and guest. Hello, good night. Yeah, hello, good night. Time to, time to win a ticket to Kensington. Is versus we can the last. New Zealand? No, it's not New Zealand. Okay. All right. Let, 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 let's take another call. Can we? Yes. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Mason and guest. The question, what is the lowest total recorded in a T20 national at Kensington Oval, and which team made that score? Uh, I get to go to uh, Kensington. Hello. Welcome. Uh, hi. Good night. Good night to you. Yes, please. Is it, is it India? No, it's not India. Okay. Oh, it's not India at all. Okay. All right. Uh, let's take another one. Um, if you get half of the question right, we'll, we'll still give it to you because it's a bit difficult, I, I think. Um, yeah, 44178. In fact, Stetson Bab is, is joining us as well. So we got certainly some breaking news as well. So let, let, let's go to you, Ken. Okay, we will take some breaking news. Uh, what, half a second, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're listening to Voice of Barbados, and now we have uh, Mr. Stetson Bab, the head of our news department. He's got breaking news. Good evening to you, Stetson. Good evening to you, Ken. The High Court just a few seconds ago appeared to clear the way for elections to proceed tomorrow as scheduled. As you are aware, um, a motion had been filed in the High Court by the president of the Barbados Sovereignty Party, Philip Nathaniel Catlin, 
he had sought through his attorney, Lalu Hanuman, to have the election delayed because they felt there was an inability of thousands of people in COVID-19 isolation to vote. In fact, they argued through their application for relief that it was a violation of people's fundamental human rights. That matter was heard in the appeals court today at length. The matter started roughly around 11.30 this morning and the matter ended just a few seconds ago a ruling handed down by the High Court Justice, Madam Justice Cicely Chase, in a very exhaustive and detailed explanation of her findings. In essence, she has ruled that the High Court of Barbados has no jurisdiction and is not the appropriate court to hear such a ruling. Let me think if I can just go through the various notes that uh, I've taken from the the submission and the ruling that was handed down by Justice Chase just a few minutes ago. She referred to the matter, the fact that there was an affidavit filed on January 17th and the matter was heard today, January the 18th, brought by Philip Nathaniel Kaplan, identified as the president of the Barbados Sovereignty Party. An application for relief stating that the right to vote was a fundamental human right. Uh, he had set out through his attorney several grounds at the general election. They were seeking to ensure the general election did not become quote, a super spreader event. They claimed they were also seeking to protect the Barbados economy because a super spreader event and the exacerbation of the COVID-19 situation might cause the Barbados economy to collapse. He had argued that he was hoping that provision would be made as was done apparently in the Bahamas to allow people in COVID-19 isolation to vote. He further argued that the inability of the thousands in COVID-19 isolation to vote would be the disenfranchisement of thousands of electors, their inability to exercise their franchise. Justice Chase submitted that the urgent application was not submitted according to the requirements and the rules and that there was inadequate supporting documentation. In fact, she said there was the absence of documentation to show that human rights were violated. She said there were no witnesses produced to prove the case that people were being disenfranchised. She quoted section 36, I believe, of the Election Offenses and Controversies Act to show that matters related to elections should properly be held or heard by an election court. In fact, she said such actions should be filed as a grievance to the election court and the high court is not an election court. She further stated the action was therefore inaccurately filed in the high court and she in the high court was therefore not in a position, position to address and to determine the merits of that particular case. She therefore declared the action for injunctive relief cannot be heard. She said it was also filed hastily and the High Court cannot entertain and make any ruling in 
such a case. Mm -hmm. That is Madam Justice Cicely Chase handing down a ruling just now minutes ago as they left to come to the studio. She was still thanking the court uh, staff and others for their participation mm -hmm. uh, in, the, in the particular procedure, ruling that the high court is not the appropriate court to hear the application for injunctive relief seeking to delay the elections, that that should have been more appropriately filed before an election court. The matter therefore will not be heard and elections, it appears, cleared to proceed tomorrow, January the 19th, as scheduled. Stetson Bath, start on that first news. Thank you very kindly. Stetson Bob, always on the job, head of the, the news department here at Starcom Network. Thank you so very much for bringing us that information. And now we should return to uh, Mason and guest, mm -hmm. Andrew Mason here. Uh, Andrew, good evening to you again. Yeah, and we are clear to continue, uh, aren't we? Uh, <laughs> are we clear to continue? I guess. <laughs> we are clear to continue. I just going to say, no comment, please. No, no comment at all. That, that, that may be considered campaigning. And it would never want to break the rules of Starcom. All right. So uh, we are clear. Are we clear to go back? Yes, 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 yes. We are clear to continue. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but, but, but so Andy's in yellow. Um, so Andy, um, it's, good, it's good to see you. We got... Uh, uh, Tony Gray, he's very much in red, and we won't describe the color. Well, that is balance. That's balance. <laughs> I like that. Right. All right. Um, so can we can we snip a couple of calls in? We, we can. Okay. Let, let's go back to the telephones. Uh, hello, welcome. I know that Stephen wants to go to um to to Independence um, Square very soon. No, it's down. Uh, sorry, Bay Street. Sorry about that, <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> Watch your conduct. Watch your conduct. Watch my conduct. All right. Let's let's take another call. Hello, welcome, Mason and guest. Seven forty-five in the country. Yes, sir. Yeah, do you know the answer to the question? In lowest tone or not? Yes, in the T20. Eighty by Afghanistan. Eighty by that's not true. You you want to take another another shot at it? It's not. No, it's not eighty. Totally, all together, all sorts of cricket. No, no, no. I I, I was very specific with the question. Um, it's not Afghanistan. Um, take, uh, take another shot at it. Made a 52? No. Oh. All right. Okay. If, 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 if you get, if you get, okay, there's several people wanting this ticket. Um, what's the lowest, lowest total recorded in a T20 international at Kensington Noble, and which team made that score? Can we take another call? We can. Hello, welcome, Mason and guest. Ticket to go to Kensington. Good evening. Good evening. Do you know the answer? All right, let's take another call. Hello, welcome. Do you know, do you know the answer, caller? Hi, good night. Is it uh, West Indies versus England? No, not West Indies versus England at all. Yeah. All take, right. Take I another shot. Uh, I'm sure you want to go to Kensington. Uh, Indies versus Pakistan. Oh, you're getting there. You're getting there. Pakistan, 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 of course. That's the country. Do you know how many they made? We want to give this to you. Oh, Lord. Um, I don't know, 54? No, not 54. Take another shot. Pakistan uh, is the country. Several people are backed up. They want to go to Kensington. No, we're going to give you one more try. Uh, I'll try it again. Uh, 60? 16, you said? Or 60? 60. No, that's not correct. Oh, let's take another call. Hello, welcome. Mason and guest. Pakistan is a, is, is a country. You need to just give me the, 
the score. Hello, welcome, um, listening guest. Is it 91? Oh, you're very close indeed. Just come down a bit. Um, 85? Pardon me? 85? You, you said 85 or you're saying 85? 85. Okay. Are you, are you English by any chance, like Johnny Baran? I, I am. Okay. But not like Johnny Baran. Oh, 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 I didn't think so. Not at all. <laughs> All right, but 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 you're you're Barbadian and you spent time in England, didn't you? I am other way around. I am from England, but I've been in Barbados for a long time. How long have you been in Barbados? Twenty three years. Twenty three years. Okay, wonderful. All right. Well, you're a winner. Um, do you want to tell us your name on air, or you you want to tell me secretly so I can tell? Sure. My Stephen. name my name is Carol. I don't mind. Oh, Carol. <laughs> I'm What's not your, here hiding. Are you Carol Mason? No, I'm Carol okay. King. You're Carol King. Well, of course, you would prefer to be King rather than Mason. Oh, of course. Oh, of course. <laughs> All right. Good. So it's Carol King of the winner. What part of Barbados are you from, Carol? I am in St. Michael. You're in St. Michael. Are you St. Yes. Michael Northeast? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do what All right. No, fine. All right. No, I'm not, not, that's not campaigning. She could, be in, she, could, she, she could be in St. Michael East or South Central. All right. So thank you. Um, it sounded like we need your number. We, we need your number, Carol King. We're going to change that to Carol Mason pretty soon. <laughs> Thank you. All so right. Much. So just stay on the line. Stay on the line for me. All right. So what we're going to do, we're going to continue to take some calls, of course, and get your reaction to all of this. Uh, we can be, we're looking forward to the expectations, of course, of the West Indies in relation to England. Uh, Tony Gray is with us. And Tony, uh, before we take another call, do you expect the West Indies to, as we were saying, Caribbean Paralance, beat England bad, bad, bad? Tony? Not really. I think that um, England has shown unequivocally that they're a very good white ball team. In fact, they're a better white ball team now than the red ball team. Um, you know, so we'll be up against a great challenge in England white ball team. Um, but I expect uh, some players to show uh, what they're made of from the West Indies team. Um, I'm looking forward to Puran. Dominic Briggs is somebody I've had a lot of time for. I think that he's an excellent talent. And once um, nurtured in the right way, I think that he can be a future star for the West Indies team. Uh, Brandon King, I know that we have changed our, our approach to batting based on the selection that we have made after the World Cup. So we are not about power hitting again. Um, we are about um, technically sound batsmen. Well, we want them to, to look that way. We want to see rotation and strike. So I'm looking forward uh, to see an improved batting performance, especially from the West Indies team against England. But it's not going to be easy because uh, they're a well-ranked team and, uh, and a well-oiled unit. Mm. And it's going to be very difficult. In a test match, um, obviously, uh, England is going to be looking for revenge after mm. that 4-0 defeat at the hands of Australia. And uh, they're obviously looking to improve their red ball game. Mm-hmm. We'll have to look at the county game and make assessments of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, they're coming here for revenge, and it's going to be very difficult because... Mm. Uh, it is proven that um, our concentration levels are not mm. great in the, uh, the longer version or mm. the longest version of the game. Mm. I see. Let's take another call. Hello. We're going to go to the telephones. Hello. Uh, can we take another call? Several calls back. Hello. Welcome, Mason and Guest. Um, good night, Andrew. Yeah, good night to you. What are your expectations? Expectations on that question you asked us. No. You asked for the lowest score ever at Kevinson 20? Well, well let me... No, let me go back to the question. By the way, this was provided by Stephen Leslie. So, okay, he said, he said, what is the lowest total recorded in a T20 international Kensington Oval 
And which team made that score? Right. The lowest score is by Afghanistan, which made 18 in the World Cup. Against, and they played against South Africa. That was, in, that was in 20, I think that was in 2010. 2010. Uh, Stephen? Yeah. I made, they made 80. 80. Stephen? Where's Stephen? Has he gone hiding or has he gone um, campaigning? Stephen? I'm still very much here. It's clear what the caller said and the mm. information was provided to us today. Mm. So that's where I provide to you. So mm. if a correction has to be made, we right. can correct it. Right, and okay. If a person would have provided that info, we, we can provide an additional ticket right. to the individual who said, um, Afghanistan World Cup. So right, so, so this chap is going to get a ticket. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, caller, thank you. Right, thank you very much for that caller. Um, we, are go- we are going to, uh, I'm going to lend. Um, no, 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 the script. The, the oh, script. oh, the script. Okay, I thought you wanted to borrow my pen. No, oh, no, no. Oh, I, because I know you, you, you have <laughs> a brand name pen. My pen costs about a dollar. Um, so uh, Ken is going to write your name down. And we will be in contact with you. We've got three winners now. Um, there's I, another. I, I, I don't want to. I, I can't. Don't want to hold it because I, I want the first ticket. And I don't. I'm not saying can you can't give me another one. Oh, this is this is Ryan. Is, is this Ryan Willoughby? Pardon me. You said you won the first ticket. The first. Yes, Andrew. It's, it is it, me, Andrew. Um, I know my cricket, so I, I, oh. I will need to get rid of that. Okay, okay. Well, 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 not a problem. Of course, Keith Hole is listening to the show. He, he tends to turn on to Mason and guess from his early six o'clock. He can't wait for the show to start. <laughs> so, of course, we're going to uh, speak to Keith Holder on that. But thank you, Ryan. Let's try and sneak some more calls in. Uh, hello, welcome, Mason and Guess. Ooh. Hello, welcome, Mason and Guess. Not a problem. Of course, Keith Hello, welcome, Mason and Guess. Yeah, I want to get on the program. Yeah, you're very much in the program. Yes, Mr. Mason. Uh, I want to make a couple of comments on the on Sure. The uh, um, I, I want to say that first thing is that I felt that um, Desmond Haynes should have been the coach of the West Indies cricket for quite a while now. And, and not only coach, but chief, chief selector. Mm. Should be one position, one position, right. coach, head, head coach, head selector, head, head. Chief head honcher, so you you know when you feel mm. you you get you get kick up one thing. So, so I, I I don't know what what Desmond can do now as as any as select as chief selector to really improve our cricket. But anyhow, I'm I'm glad for him nevertheless. Now moving off of that, I want to say that um I think that until until the West Indies mm. start separating its team, until it starts to separate the team. And when it's a separate, specialized having cricketers specializing in, in, in particular forms of the cricket. Mm-hmm. Until that happens in our cricket, it started at one point and then it stopped. Mm-hmm. Until the lessons go back to specializing in the different forms, the cricketers specializing in different forms and stop playing that. Any, any one of them can do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, we are going to keep losing all the time. We must do like England, what England has done, what Australia has done, India right. has done, in order to compete uh, uh, properly. Mm-hmm. Against these guys, we must do that. We cannot play with any different, mm-hmm. okay? And um, it's about time we get with the Pollard. Mm-hmm. Pollard cannot defend. Pollard cannot hold his own as a batsman. Right. And it's, it's the excuse that he's all this good captain, all this is a big joke. Mm-hmm. Pollard and some of the, other, the others that, that failed in that World Cup keep ready. Mm-hmm. Them should be got away now. Who select that fight? So we wasted a lot of time. We got to stop that, that and move on. 
and I look at our players more carefully as the effect of the is very far with the progress. All right. Okay. Thank you very Thanks much indeed for your contribution. Uh, Johnny, I know it's, uh, it's way past your, um, your bedtime now, Johnny, so we're going to um, keep you, um, we're not going to keep you waiting too much longer. By the way, what part of England are you, Johnny? I am in Sunny Home, which will be well known to many people in the Caribbean, which yeah, I'm about, uh, about two minutes walk from the Hove County Ground. Which oh, is I, I thought you were close to Windsor Ca- uh, Castle, where um, Sir Clyde went recently. <laughs> 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 I would imagine. Now, before you go, what are your expectations? The West Indies have been very poor, very poor indeed. What do you expect from this T20 series, Johnny, before you go to bed? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I think England are a well-drilled side, and they've shown in pretty much every format, format of white ball cricket they've played in recent years, they're very tough to beat. They've been ranked one or two in both both the 50-over game and the 220 game. I think they played a pretty good tournament um, away in the World P20, and as I mentioned before, it was sort of fairly uh, not unlucky against New Zealand. They were certainly the, 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 the right winners on the day, but uh, they played a pretty good tournament up until that point. But, as we know, you know the, the West Indies at home against England in pretty much all formats um, is, is, is a pretty compelling prospect. I mean, the, the last T20 series used to play in the Caribbean was a, a bit of a nonsense, to be perfectly honest, as we remember. I don't think that the West Indies made 100, did they, in, in, in three games. It was a very bizarre tournament. Right, it was. I, I imagine, but I imagine this one will be a little bit tighter. And, I, and also, I imagine that, that, that you know, the, 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 the pitches in, in Barbados will be fairly conducive to fairly high-scoring uh, high affairs, I would imagine across the tournament, which, which brings very much the, the, the power hitting of the West Indies into play. I, I, think, I, I think, again, with these two sides in a one-off, two-horse race series, I think it'll be a very tight affair. And I expect the mm. test series that follows after that mm. as well, I think the West Indies will be, you know, with, with the, certainly with their bowling attack, they're probably licking their lips to the prospect of that England top order. All right. Thanks, Johnny. Get some rest and go to Windsor Castle on the weekend. All right. Thank you very much for that. All right. Uh, Roland, you've never been there. I'm not sure that you will ever get there, Roland. If you do, then I may take over from Mayor Mortley's Prime Minister of Barbados. What are your expectations, Roland? Andrew, I'm looking really for, you know, West Indies bounce back, much more improved performances than we saw against Ireland. Um, you know, they may be forgiven for the fact that they haven't played for a little while, and but even though the performances were not distracting. I would certainly be hoping that these five matches they put in a much better showing, mm-hmm. and some players really cement their places um, in the World Cup squad later on mm. um, in the mm. in the year. If they win the series, then that's a bonus as well. Right. But I'm looking for good performances. Mm. Quick, quick one before you go. What's the latest on Shane Dowridge? Have you spoken to him? Um, not of late, but I. I, I, I I've spoken to him from time to time. Um, well, you know, Shane has been back. You know, he's training and everything yes. with the team. So, mm. uh, you know, really, for Shane, he's got to really wait until mm. cricket starts in February mm-hmm. to take his claim again. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's no cricket being played, so there's very little that he can do to enhance his, his chances of, of playing mm. in the team. Mm. Um, I don't think West Indies mm. will pick someone who hasn't played cricket for a year. 
So I think he's got to start in February, get some performances right. in his belt, and then, mm. and then put them on the, put the others on the pressure. I agree. Now let, let's let, let's go to Tony Gray. Tony Gray just sent me a note saying the West Indies will win it five games to nil. Is that right, Tony? Is that what you sent me a note saying, Tony? No, I, I didn't send you a note, Andrew. I think that it's going to be a struggle. I think that uh, the West Indies team, based on the talent, mm-hmm. the all wrong talent, and some of the, the players are novelty item on the team. I think that they will be highly motivated to come up against, as I said, a well-oiled unit in England. I think that um, England will win 3-2. I'll give uh, the West England will win 3-2. Yeah. Mm, England will win 3-2. We're, we're, we're going to leave pretty soon. Of course, we hear the music in the background. So, Andy, do you agree with that? Uh, England will win 3-2? Or, 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 or um, Tony Gray is preparing for Carnival? <laughs> but um, I would love West Indies to win 3-2, 4 uh, 4-0 and one way out. But uh, I'm not that optimistic. I, I think we're going to struggle. And uh, I would go back to a caller who said that um, we must concentrate mm. on have specialized teams. Mm. I do not believe that in the region we have enough quality players to have separate teams. I see. Interesting. All right. Thanks, Sandy. And, and the final word, of course, with Stephen. Stephen, quickly, someone is saying, what age qualifies you to be considered as a senior citizen in order to purchase a ticket at 50% discount? That's for you, Stephen. Stephen? Andrew, senior citizens' age has not changed in both. Barbados, I, I believe that everyone knows once you reach that retirement age. Yeah, Stephen, your Wi-Fi is not the best, Stephen. You, you're making so much money. I mean, as master's terminals, all these political meetings, I would yeah, imagine okay. that it would improve your, your Wi-Fi. All right, I think... All right, I think... I, Yes, we, we, we're, we're struggling there, Stephen, towards the end. Um, we were going great guns, but uh, we're just losing you towards the end. Because the final question I had for you, why is it that you have not made that press release that Jason uh, King is the new director uh, on, on the board? But uh, uh, Stephen, we're going to certainly uh, talk to you again. He's gone. Maybe he's gone to one of the political meetings. I'm certainly going to go home and watch it um, very much, uh, um, you know, uh, I tell, you to, I tell you to leave that. <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> watch it both. <laughs> I'm watching both. All right. Thanks to you, Roland Butcher. Thanks to you, um, Sir Andy. Robert, it's always a pleasure to have you in your yellow. The balance comes with Tony Gray in his, in, in his red. Thanks to my very good friend, uh, of course, Dr. Andrew Ford. It really was a pleasure uh, to have earlier in the program. It was good to hear uh, from, of course, Johnny Moran. I'm Andrew Mason. Here's hoping for a bright tomorrow. Good night.
Cricket Talk every Sunday evening. God bless. Good night. See you on the radio.